What is up, dude? What is going on? <laughs> Not much. Just taking in the day, you know. It's fucking cold. as shit outside. And I'm in shorts and a t-shirt because I'm too lazy to get any of my cold weather gear out. Because, yeah, I'm still holding on to that last part of warm. Give up, bro. That's no, it's over. no longer there. It's over. I, we did that all all yesterday, bro. We were out there working on our... In the basement, pulling stuff out, getting our winter gear out. Nice. I had a big fire going outside. It was nice, dude. It was, it was really warm. And kind of... Cool, man. Made it feel like we were camping or something. You know what I mean? Oh, man. I, I love camping. Just not with kids. You know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah. I'll go camping all day by myself, but the second you add children in there, I'm like, fuck this. Man, I get I'm it. I'm sure you guys that have kids understand exactly what I'm talking about. Bro, so <laughs> we got a confession to make. Not really confession. We have to fix ourselves, bro, a little bit. Like, um, So last episode, bro, when we did the Yankees podcast, we talked about Aaron Judge's 61st home run for like a total yeah. of like four minutes. And the reason it ended up that way is because our audio broke down and we ended up having to like reconnect and it was actually like 15 minutes, but it ended up being like just four minutes of Aaron Judge talk, which is, that's right. It's sad, bro. I feel like, I feel like we kicked ourselves in the nuts. That's what I feel like, dude. Like, um, well, so we got a chance to write the ship a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about Aaron Judge and the Yankees. Let's do it. So right now. Let's start with the Yankees, bro. Nestor Cortez getting out there and being nasty Nestor, dude. Nasty Nestor. That dude. that rock back and forth wind up, man. I don't know what I don't know the inspiration for it. Um, but I do know when I see him like getting out there, being like creative with his wind ups, being at his best, dude, I get I don't know, dude. I feel like he's He's an elite talent, and he's just kind of starting to figure out his power, you know? Yeah, it, he's one of those guys that you consistently see this growth every year um, from last year, the year before, um, watching him in the minors. I I get this this vibe with him that even though there's a lot of people that would say with, with uh, Nestor is that um, he's young, you don't want to you know go all out yet trying to figure it out, but to me... The way the team loves him, the way that they surround themselves with him, and the, the way they really embrace him as part of you know the major components to this team is spectacular. Like this scene Mark's showing right now of what nasty. is happening, bro? Oh, he's pouring he's pouring the beer down his pants. Yeah, man, he's getting a little nasty. Uh, uh, well, na- nasty Nestor on that uh, <laughs> aspect right there, man. Uh, getting that crack a little. You think little it was wet, wet. sweaty, so he is actually like cleaning it right L- now. Listen, man, as somebody, this has happened to me before. Oh, really? You've had a beer poured down your your ass crack. I have. Um, one of uh, um, our buddies, um, Alex Wagner. Uh, him and I used to have this uh pretty cool uh party area that we had a three bedroom apartment that literally cost. And I guess I'm not exaggerating here. Three bedroom, two baths. Uh, 1300 square feet and it cost 320 bucks a month all right and it was a shithole but it, it was like a party it. destination and uh one time yeah someone dumped a beer down my pants and i'm like oh i'll be all right bro that was a mistake you gotta you gotta change that shit out immediately it is not fun to sit around and beer have it up your crack but he didn't look bothered by it bro no, it looks like he's he's used to it. So maybe maybe he's all right. I mean, I fuck if I know, but I'm I'm cool with it. Man, so going from, you know, watching a, a video of jubilation and excitement, dude, why don't you explain to everybody who's who's not watching right now what they're about to see here, bro? All right. So what you have here is Aaron Judge uh hits his 61st home run, right? In the 7th inning of the game. And I had to go back and I had to slow it down real slow because at first it didn't look it didn't like look it hit this his close. glove. Oh, it did. It, it, it didn't look like it hit his glove at the beginning. But then you slow it down and it hit his glove. And it's like he could have caught that. And, bro, you, I, how much do you think look that home run ball is worth? 
250. No. $250,000 is the estimated. Look at him, man. I saw He's people say his hat. that it was worth up to 2 million. I mean, who knows? But look at him, man. He just looks sick. And then if you start the video in the beginning of the video, he's right there. There he is in the beginning. He can't let it go. He's sick, man. He can't let it go. Like, he is sick as shit. And I know know how it's hard to You know what Aaron Judge is saying? What? You know what Aaron Judge is saying? That's a fucking $250,000 bonus right there. I didn't have to pay anybody for that. Dude. Look at that, man. Oh, man. That guy, he could have had life tickets here's the thing every yankees what i want to say is blue jay game this is not like i know he feels like oh i should have caught it but really he he didn't put enough hours in in preparation you know what i mean like he should have been out there playing catch with his kid more because his kids are always going to underthrow the ball right (laughs) and it's kind of like he's out there and it's like the first time he's playing catch happens to be with aaron judge and the ball's worth upwards of a million or two whatever like I don't know. People are throwing out ridiculous numbers, but I think it's his lack of preparation. And while he mm. can sit there and be like, oh, in that moment, I should have done better. Like, no, he was set up for failure the whole time. Like, he just, it was an bro. illusion that he had a chance because that ball was smoked, bro. Like, as a sports fan, if he went to a baseball game or he went to a football game or a pass was broken up and not caught by a, a player in the NBA um, game, like and he yelled at them, catch the fucking ball. I know ball. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like he's his his shit's ruined, man. His rep is ruined now. That anywhere he goes for the rest of his life, and he says catch a fucking ball, everybody's gonna laugh at him and tell him to shut the fuck up. So yeah, like who is like, he to talk? Right? You know, I, I I don't. It's not the same category as like a Jeffrey Mayer from New York or um, that guy from um, um, the Cubs. I forget his name, but anyways, how he was hated for all those years from the Cubs. So. Yeah. It's not like those situations where, you know, this fan's going to be lifted up by an organization or going to be destroyed by an organization. Like, all he did was become a meme, first of all, and second of all, lost a massive fucking paycheck. So that's all that happened. To that's him. it. That's it. There's, you know, there's nothing worse than being, like, famous and broke. You know what I mean? And that's what he managed to do in one thing. He managed to stay exactly as broke as he was and become famous and that that's an unfortunate combination for anybody but all right so here we go bro you tell me what's happening here because this is anthony rizzo it says the only undefeated manager in mlb history explain it's just rizzo man this is what i love about having a veteran on on your team is he constantly is joking around he's doing calls he's acting like the manager you know, like Nasty Nestor is constantly with him. He's acting like he's changing lineups. He's calling um, pitches. And, you know, all the players are joking around. I mean, this is what a leader does, yeah. right? Yeah. Everything that's happening with, with Aaron Judge, and it's constant. You know, everybody's talking about it. Like, <laughs> it's not Aaron Judge's not bro. getting pitches and all this other stuff. People are icing him out. And here he is just fucking around, keeping things light, man. Yeah, this is dude. what you need from a leader. Yeah, dude. He reads the fucking room perfectly. Yeah, dude. Well, it's it's dope, dude. I'm glad. I'm definitely glad to see it, man. I like I like seeing that camaraderie. I mean, that's what makes it fun. That's what makes you know October baseball the best, right? Is right. Like, I think growing up, like whatever you know, whatever signal um, they they signal back to the dugout after a guy hits a double. You know what I mean? Yeah. That always kind of like oh, yeah. becomes like this thing, you know, like, and each year it's well, different. I think right? about Yankees, think about Brett Gardner, where they take the baseball right. bat, right? Right. And they would throw it up in the uh, the clubhouse, mm-hmm. acting like they were hitting the top of the roof of the clubhouse. Right. Um, you know, you think about the Mets with a thumbs down. Right. Um, you know, Yankees did a thumbs down also. Uh, or the Yankees did a thumbs down, not the Mets. I'm sorry. And, you know, you have all these these indications of, of the leader. And like you said, um, when you have somebody like Rizzo, it takes the load off for the guys. It's it's creating a, a light situation in a tense situation. And having that, like, Mark, we, we've been, we've had players like that. You know, one guy comes to mind, he was, like, literally the worst basketball player I've ever played with in my life. Uh, but he always made people laugh. And that was Jacob Wells, man. He was literally the worst player I've ever played with. All he could do was shoot. And he wouldn't play defense. 
He was always 30 pounds overweight, and he just didn't give a shit. As long as you got shot the shot, uh, shoot the ball like once every four or five times down, everything was good. But he made everybody laugh in that locker room. And that was having a team player like that and constantly keeping it light and coming in and like Jacob would come into the locker room and he would fart, right? And he would clear out the whole locker room. Okay, like, and it's really hard to do because like, you know, and then everybody comes in, right? And everybody's laughing, everybody's having a good time. It was like, you know, fuck you, Jacob. Come on, man, that's not cool. And then he would say something like just off his rocker. And, you know, to me, having that type of person in your locker room, it's not necessarily a leader as on your team, but somebody that can keep it light. But it's so much better when you have a leader on your team that knows how to keep it light and chill. Yeah, dude. And I wouldn't say anybody thought he was a leader, but in the end, <laughs> that's what I was saying. anybody that can get everybody out of the locker room must be some sort of leader. So <laughs> lead with your ass. Awful, man. His, I swear to God, he wouldn't wipe his ass for a week and then fart just to make people like go crazy, man. It was the nastiest shit ever, dude. Well, <laughs> I could tell some stories. Remember when we sit behind we'll him just, at church, man? No, dude. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and move forward because, um, well, let's face it, dude. NBA basketball is back in a reduced format, at least. Anyway, for now, we're watching some preseason games. Frankly, bro, I did not watch any preseason games last night at all so there's my confession i can't really talk about what did or didn't happen but i do know i am going to be watching the thunder play tonight so i'm excited about oh, yeah. that game um other preseason games like honestly i could care less like i don't care what the wizards or the bulls are doing in preseason but i do care what the thunder are doing so there's my bias there we go cool and you know pretty much as far as the games went last night uh, Hornets and Celtics played, and and guys, this is kind of crazy. I've never seen something like this where three of the four games, the team that won scored 134 points. So Same Celtics 134, Hornets 93. Uh, then you had Jazz and Raptors. Raptors won uh, 114 to 82. Spurs and Rockets. Rockets is whooped ass. Uh, unbelievable game by their young core. Interested to see how that's going to all work out together. Um, Rockets 134 to Spurs 96. And then the surprise of the entire night, which, you know, honestly, the way that uh, the thir- the 36ers have been playing, uh, this is not that big a su- surprise, uh, considering that, you know, there's obviously uh, minutes li- um, restrictions. And you know, we watched the 36ers plays a couple years ago, Mark, against the Thunder. And we were really impressed with what they were able to do. So to me, when when you come not prepared, not ready to go, you're going to get beat by some of these teams. But I do have to say is the 36ers coming out and scoring 134 points on the Phoenix Suns and beating them by 10 at Phoenix, that surprised me a little bit. I mean, just a little bit. Yeah, but, but let's, the let's NBL talk about has definitely yeah, exactly. Let's, but the let's NBL has closed NBL that gap. Some love, bro, because they deserve it. Like this, and I know it's not. Yeah. It's not apples to apples because it's a preseason game and yada, yada, yada. But, like, 136 points on an NBA team, dude. I mean, the NBL is legit. It's why when you look at the Thunder, where we get our first-round picks, it's like we're looking at the NBL. We're looking for young players who are, you know, on their way mm. to great careers in the NBA. And it's been a long time, but the NBL is starting to get a little bit of credit it deserves. I think the Thunder have oh, a preseason yes. game coming up this year against an NBL team also. I don't know yeah. when or who. I I mean, it's just like when, when we go out there, like unless it's a team like the NBL, I don't really care who the opponent is even. Like I think we're playing Denver tonight. Like I don't care. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like it's just – It's preseason. It's going through the motions, right? We're going to see what some yeah. people have worked on, but the defense isn't going to be as intense. So – you don't really know what they're pulling off. They're going to be able to pull off. I mean, I remember um, remember Burton having a hell of a preseason, and it was like, oh, yep. man, I'm pumped up about him. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I try, like, I'd say the reason I'm like, I don't care is because it's it's a, I do care. And I mean, I'm going to watch. And I'm going to get sure. overly excited. But I try to, like, um, condition myself to be chill. And, like, I'm going to see some things that get me really excited. Don't get excited. I'm going to see some things that make me a little bit concerned. Don't get concerned. Like, 
that's the that's the trick with the, the preseason is you don't want to react too much either way. You just want to kind of like realize that we're, everybody out there is going through the motions. So, you know, but you start an NBA game, they start going to say like, I want to take away your first and second options. I want to make it hard on you. And they're not really doing that in preseason. So it can be can be enticing, but don't fall for it. Yeah, and and one of our uh, recent daily listeners that just joined our uh, listening squad, it's uh, Sammy Dog on YouTube. First of all, we really appreciate you guys, uh, you for uh, consistently making sure that we're up to date. What's going on? Uh, it, you know, giving me a history lesson. Uh, what's happened with uh, these these players and with Ben Simmons' dad playing in the NBL, um, and really kind of starting like the whole idea of what the NBL is all about one thing i love about the nbl and one of the guys that you talked about sammy was uh uh, gaze uh this guy dominated the nbl in the 80s and 90s and uh early 2000s uh winning like i don't know um 15 champion or uh seven championships 15 championships something insane like that 15 all-star games yeah that's right 15 all-star games uh seven championships and then he won the mvp like seven or six years in a row he was unbelievable, averaging 30-something points a game. In his best season, averaged 40 points a game. Truly spectacular. And uh, the more I started recognizing what the NBA has been teaching recent NBA players is is the offense, man. You know, like like the way that the NBA plays offense is truly spectacular. It's, it's coming down, taking a quick shot typically, um, you know, a three-pointer we saw last night, they, they shot the ball lights out. Um, but the reality is, is that this is what everybody does on the team. They're all expected to run an offense that everybody can shoot. And I, I love it, man. Uh, to me, this is part of how the NBA is changing so much. And you see that they use utilize big men, but not like a typical NBA team uses a big man. I like this. This is where Mark and I have been talking about the NBA changing a lot. So when I see a, a team like the 36ers that that really um, um, show incredible strength against an NBA team, and then you see guys like Josh Giddy play for them, and you see all these other um, teams that are, are, are working together to be, get to this level, and you're saying, okay, the NBA gap and the NBA gap used to be like this, right? It used to be massive. Off the screen, you guys can't see it, right? Mm-hmm. And then... All of a sudden, it's starting to shrink. And why is that? It's it's because the league is getting so good. The young talent are deciding to go there and play. I mean, think about Jang. Think about Josh Giddy. Think about um, Patty Mills. Like these young guys are playing there and learning how to play the hoops in um, Australia as young players, and then staying there and playing. Or like Jang as a French um, player coming over and play. And there's other French guys that are playing in this league this next year that are younger players too. That it's consistently looking like this is what's happening. People are recognizing that this is the best way into the NBA. It's real men playing basketball, teaching NBA game, and teaching them how to do the things properly. Some of these other European uh, leagues, it's not good for you to go play um, before you start playing in the NBL or NBA because it doesn't teach you how to play the new style of game. It's all old school basketball. So seeing the NBL and seeing how that's ha- happening, to me, I just get excited about because that's that's what's going to happen is that more and more of these athletes and young players, high school players and college athletes are going to make the decision to go play in the NBL. And, and guys, I'm telling you, all of our Australian listeners and, and New Zealand listeners, you guys, I'm telling you guys, no doubt in my mind, the NBL is going to be considered one of the best leagues, if not the best league outside of the NBA in the next five to seven years. That is where it's going. That is where everything is shaping up to be. And NBA scouts and the way the NBA is talking about the NBL is only only going to increase the type of players that are going to go there and play. So I'm excited for the NBL. I'm excited for our Australian listeners because I'm telling you, this is this is the way the basketball should be played is out there like what the 36ers were doing uh, last night. Yeah, man. And, you mentioned Andrew Gaze a bit, and I think one thing that we want to like mention is it's kind of funny because I don't know much about him, but he had two stints in the NBA. Okay, Andrew um, was with the Bullets in '93 and with the Spurs in '99. He didn't play many games, but he did win an NBA championship. So, I 
I feel like with the Spurs, baby. Yeah, I, you know how ignorant I feel right now, right? Like, I, I deeply appreciate our listeners from Australia educating us because, like, when people mention, especially the history, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because we don't, right? like, we're unaware, and it's 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 not right. Like, when you look at his level of game, his passing, his ability, like, he should have had more opportunities to play in the NBA. But what he did do in the NBL is is really impressive, um, and multiple multiple time champion and MVP and you know going into the NBA and you know winning an, uh, a championship even though he didn't play many games yeah like and the guy, the fans out there dressed up like mummies and stuff because he played through everything broken jaws it looks like every element and horrible knees but like Sammy said yeah I'm I just I really I, I appreciate his game and I look at it and I'm like how when you when we talk about Josh Giddy. Like, how is this guy not a big part of Josh Giddey's, like, um, mentality, right? When you think about great Australians, hmm. it's not all people who went to the NBA and had a ton of success, right? A lot of it has to do with people who stayed home and had a ton of success, multiple championships. I think he right. played – no, I'm sorry. He did not – I don't believe he played for his dad because this is the team that Josh played for whenever he went. But um, Josh's dad played for a different team, you know, like – um, I just feel like when you look at this, you see like this opportunity to understand more about the the culture of a player that's going to be one of the greats on our team. And it can feel like, oh, well, you know, they speak English in Australia and we both love basketball. So there's not any difference. But there's a there's a lack of our understanding about the Australian game. And that's what's led us down this. And it's not just Australian you know, basketball. It's also about um, like clarifying that like. Every kid we understand, as we understand it, every kid in Australia starts out by playing footy, right? So we like to understand the game because Josh's creativity is. Um, Dave and I both coached before, so we would see people who would bring non-basketball creativity to basketball, and you'd see like soccer mm-hmm. players, volleyball players that use like certain moves that are like very specific for that sport, and it works on ba- in basketball. And we started watching getting like. He has all these passes we've never seen before. So some of our listeners said, study, you know, the NBL, study the um, the AFL, the Australian Football League. Understand footy, understand what his background is, and you'll start to get a little bit of a better idea of what you're seeing from Josh. That's what led us down this path, and it's been really enlightening. We still feel like we're learning so much, but to not know that there was a player, Andrew Gaze, on that 99 Spurs championship game, even though he only played... 19 games in that season like mm. i feel i feel blessed to have somebody taking the time to explain to us the things that we don't understand yeah and you know as as i'm looking up right here because i i said that um uh yeah josh giddy mark played for the 36ers and um gaze played for melbourne okay yep so just just a little bit off there. Thank you because um, because I I still have trouble like you know what I mean with all of yeah, these yeah. are new no, teams. And to me. The only reason, the only reason I brought it up is because I had just mentioned that Josh played for the Thirty Sixers and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I said that right because you know. So I, the Melbourne me, Tigers that was the team his dad played for then. Yeah, his dad had a stint with them for sure. Yeah. And I I, I think that's where I think with I mean, that his numbers retired, with that too right? was was uh, Simmons too Simmons dad. Right, that's what somebody mentioned to us on um, on YouTube. They, um, I forget who, and I wish <laughs> I, I had it in front of me, and I apologize. Sammy, it was Sammy. Sammy. All right, so like mentioning that we we played a video clip, and we had Josh Giddy's dad, Wart Giddy. We had Ben Simmons' dad, and who else did we have? Was it um, Andrew Gaze? Gaze? Yeah, so an NBA yeah. player on this video, and we're sitting there looking at one person, and, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> It's, it'd, hey, we're we're still one dimensional, baby. I know. It'd be like having like like a, a video of like Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, um, David Robinson, and we're like sitting there like Michael Jordan. You know, that's all we that's all we're capable of seeing at this moment. <laughs> Except we're not even looking at Michael Jordan. We're looking at probably the worst basketball player. And no offense intended, but like those other guys were actually really good. Is what Sammy seems to be indicating is that yeah. that Warwick was a role player, right? Sure. But hey, he's a I, sexy I, role player. That hair, man. Man, reminds me of some of the great. We need it. Here's the thing about Sammy Dog, man. We need to get him on the show. Yeah, yeah. Why not, man? Because he he knows enough about the NBL. He knows enough about footy, and this is something that we really enjoy talking about. So, 
right. uh, I know Sammy's going to be listening to this. So, uh, Sammy, let us know, and I'll shoot you over my email um, so that way you can get a hold of me. Um, and let's plan a time for you to come on because uh, just understanding what's going on with the MBL um, and understanding, you know, even, I, I mean, it sounds like you have a very good uh, pulse on what's happening inside of the modern MBL as well, MBL as well. So let's let's get together. Let's do something. Uh, we would love to, to have you on the show. That's dope, dude. All right. We're dropping invitations, bro. Well, listen, anytime that we get in a position where it's like we, we recognize, you know, like, you know, we, we talked about um, Thunder D, you know, Thunder D. And we, we had no idea what the um, um, game system or anything else like that, that Chet was using to yeah, put himself in a position. AR. Yeah. And, reality. you know, we had him on the show to explain it. It's something that's crazy. It's awesome to see. How and much do you think that has to do us, with, like, with for the, Chet right now, like his, um, you know, his recovery? How much is he going to be engaged in that, that augmented or artificial reality? I Man, he's, he's, he's a hustler, man. He's a player. He's yeah. somebody who's addicted to the game. He's not going to just stop, yeah. you know? Like, that's just not his style. He's going to keep on going all in. So, so shout out to Thunder D. We appreciate you. Yeah, man. You know, we watch your videos. Um great shit man you inspire us for sure yeah dude and i you know i kind of feel like this is the moment where you know like when we're looking at this thunder team right mm -hmm. you're looking at jang you're looking at josh giddy um you're creating this environment for players to be able to feel comfortable coming over and playing i mean we have a lot of guys i mean on our starting lineup it could be it's shay from canada it's uh, Lou Dort from Canada, right? Shea Gildas Alexander, Lou Dort, Canada. We have um, Josh Giddy, Australia. We have I, we have Jang, who's from France, but stopped over yeah. in New Zealand, right? Yeah, I, well, he's from France, right. but he he played over uh, with the NBL for a season, um, and and we can go through the, our list of of players that we have been able to draft that like our what we call across the pond and to me this is exciting like this is this is where the nba is changing like a lot of people are, are still committed to those american style basketball players and yes there's still phenomenal players out there i'm not talking shit on our american basketball players but right now where the shift is happening is truly spectacular and it's something that we saw in the espn rankings where steph uh steph curry was the only top five non um, US uh, European basketball player. Yeah. Everybody else yeah. was was European, right. and it's it's well it's or Joel Embiid. I think he was, you know he's from Africa, but he was in that top five. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Joel Embiid. Yeah, that that was yeah. But yeah, but everybody I mean, else inter from, they're the, international, right? That's that's where the yeah, top international five is being players. Picked. And that's what's crazy, man. I've never seen it like this before, where we're sitting in a position where it's you know Steph was number five, and the top four are international and. It's, it's exciting to me. And that is why I look at the NBL and you've seen how these other players have been able to adapt their games and get into the league and, and really do some amazing things using EuroLeague. But now we have an opportunity to see the NBL exceed in, 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 in areas that we probably wouldn't have thought so in, in, in five, ten years ago. But now we're getting somebody like Jang at number 10 uh, from the draft. And then we got Josh Giddy at number six. And these guys have a, an amazing potential to be able to play above their, their draft rating, you yeah. know? And I've looked at Josh Giddy as being a top four uh, player from uh, 2021. Just so happens that he dropped to number six, and that was before the draft even happened. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like there's this movement in, in Australian basketball and in the NBL that it's it's a powerful movement, and it's something that we have to take a step back and really truly appreciate as as it's truly developing into what again we we consider one of the best leagues in the world. Yeah, it's, and it's proving it right. It gets out there and yep. takes on a Western Conference powerhouse, and of course they're amped for the game, right? They're gonna go out there and let everybody know they're for real. So um, that's it. It's awesome, bro. I I dig it. I dig so the, the tie-ins because that's what we're all about, man. Like we. We definitely dig the thunder. We um we live and we breathe that stuff. But in the end, so much like you can't like you can only learn so much about it if you don't if you don't start looking at people's backgrounds. And that's why you know, we just really appreciate everybody that's helped us 
in that path because I feel like we're just started down that path, but it's really been great. And, you know, as we've learned more, like we've gone from, you know, having like dozens of people listen to us, which was pretty incredible. Now we're dealing with hundreds of people watching us and listening to us. And like that's something we never expected. So I'm just blown away by it. I thought maybe like if we worked really hard for a year or something like that, we'd be in a position that we are now. Here we are a couple months in and it's like, are you fucking kidding me? So thank you for blowing our minds for real. Yeah. And, and again, you know, whenever we have an opportunity to, uh, you know, ask you guys questions, we, we want to do that. And we know that there's a lot of young players coming in the NBL. Um, so my question to you guys that listen to our show, you know, reach out, tell me who the young NBL player is that we need to be watching and talking about on our show. Um, and we'll start doing some scouting stuff on him. Um, and getting things ready because to me, uh, this is, this is exciting. Like, this is it. Like you guys really have motivated us. Um, when I say you guys, I'm talking about, um, the Australian people, because when it comes to understanding so much about, uh, their sports culture, it's, it's something it's, it's, it's pure passion, you know, it's pure, uh, love for the team. And it's something that, uh, anytime you see it can't help, but it can't help, but be moved. And that's where we're at. We're, we're really excited about, uh, you know, getting more and more um, listeners from all over the world. Um, I, I know I'm, I'm focusing right now on Australia, but that's just because we've got a huge influx um, from Australia where I think we've had last week, we had um, um, over a thousand uh, downloads from yeah. Australia um, just on our videos, not, not even on our, our podcast or anything else like that, but just on our videos, we got over a thousand uh, downloads um from Australia um, last week. So just an unbelievable feeling yeah. um, from um, the love and support from you guys. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, dude, for real, man. Like definitely don't feel like we deserve it, but we're excited and it just inspires us. Like tell you, honestly, every time we get on a podcast, I'm a little bit nervous cause I want to like, I want to do my best, but in the end, what the hell are we going to do? We can only talk about what's out there. And some days, we're like struggling to find stories. Not really. I mean, it's a sports world. There's not really that much struggle, but sometimes the stories find us. Right. And mm. those are really special days. Like this one about Antonio Brown, where <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with him? Uh, right dude, I hope this plays, dude, you see it's, it's spinning, but he decided he was going to do some naked swimming. I think in Dubai is where he was. Um, but, um, yeah, dude, there's a, well, there's some ass. Yeah. <laughs> so, go ahead, Dave. Yeah. I mean, they did a phenomenal job. Here we job go, bro. Here we go. Here he goes. He sticks his ass in the air. And then she runs away. So he throws her. And then for some reason, he th when she swims away, he thinks that that's the good time to, to flash her. And so I'm not sure if this is good yeah. or bad um, opportunity for him to um, get another job in the NFL. But, um, yeah, dude, not exactly what I, <laughs> I mean, it could actually, I mean, help him out, get a job in the NFL if he goes and plays for the Browns. Yeah. That's what they're looking for. <laughs> All right, dude. So now we're on to it, bro. Let's talk about, um, and, and you know. Talk about NFL, but let's see, dude. We got we got to talk about the Cowboys, bro. All right. <laughs> Look, we don't want to talk about the Cowboys. And if you know uh, anything about uh, us, you know the last couple episodes, all this Cowboy knob slob has, has really gotten us to the point where we're, we're, we're sick of it. But we'd be remorsed if we didn't give a shout-out to our friends who have endured being Cowboys fans, right, over the last 20 years. Um, so Cowboys beat the commanders, mic drop, move next subject. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm happy for the redheaded cowboy. Um, but Didio. let's just be honest right now. The giants are still three and one, just like the Cowboys guys. So giants won against the bears. I'm not buying the Cowboys completely because if you look at our winning percentage, it's three and one giants, three and one Cowboys. 
and 4-0 Eagles because the Eagles beat the Jags the other night, man. Listen, dude, I love Jalen Hurts. You know, I like Kyler Murray. So much. I like Baker Mayfield. Like, these guys. But, like, when you talk about, like, that guy that I'm like, all right, man, we got to get behind somebody. In the end, dude, I'm I'm all for watching the Eagles go undefeated at this stage. It's it's exciting, and I don't ever Fun. cheer for the Eagles ever. Period. Like I I was born and I grew up in Pennsylvania, but cheering for the Eagles as you know we we always like being Northeastern Pennsylvanians. We were so close to New York City. We were far closer to New York City than we were like Philadelphia. So we always cheered for the New York teams. But here we yeah. are as an OU fan that supersedes anything and. I'm digging what Jalen Hurts is doing, bro. It, he had a lot of doubters, man. And when, when the Eagles picked him in the first round, there is a lot of people who question that decision. And he, I mean, our buddy Matt, once again, we got to give a shout-out to these people who who stick with their team no matter what. I wish, um, as far as the NFL, I could say that about myself, but I am a traitor, bro, so you go. Nah, I, you know, I just like the Giants. I've always liked the Giants. <laughs> so tell I, us about the game with the Bears, ma- bro. You know, Giants defense has played a phenomenal, uh, did a phenomenal job out there. Uh, Bears made some great uh, pushes towards the red zone and couldn't capitalize. So I think it was like four or five uh, field goals, five field goals. I think it was the Giants held the Bears to. So yeah, uh, great job by their defense. Uh, Daniel Jones is you know getting shit done right now. So I'm I'm all for it, man. I'm all for these young quarterbacks and 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 learning how to get shit done and. Yeah, speaking of young quarterbacks, man, uh, Zach Wilson, man, this young man is crazy. First of all, giddying up everywhere is great, but (laughs) the catch. The catch, Look at this, man. The catch, right? But then the knowing how to do the giddy, 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 like, this is great. Like, truly spectacular right here, man. Yeah, good for him coming back. I mean... There was a little bit of um, controversy in the summer about, you know, was he sleeping with his ex-girlfriend's mom? Or I don't know exactly all the facts. But here he is saying it doesn't matter, dude. God, I hope he was. It doesn't matter. That would make such a juicy story. I, I mean, it doesn't matter. You know why? Because <laughs> he got to win. If you win in New York, they don't care who you're screwing. I mean, there are limitations, and I just don't want to qualify the limitations, but you get it, like, they do care if you're screwing the wrong people. But, Zach Wilson, you're screwing the right people. Good job. And let's talk about what was a big game, dude. The Packers and the Patriots, man. The Packers found a way to squeak out the overtime win. But the Patriots were on their third quarterback. So, at this point, if the Packers had lost, it would have represented a hell of a lot more than them winning, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. But let's just put it out there, man. Uh, Let's talk about another Cowboys quarterback real fast, and that's Tony Romo, who is calling this game. All right. Um, Man, he called out Aaron Rodgers for yelling at his center for not snapping the ball. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, Anyways. I missed it, bro. I missed that one. Yeah, I I don't even know what to say about this man. Like, except I'm I'm just I'm good with the Packers winning over the Patriots because um, anytime I can see Bill Belichick literally lose his shit and throw his his headset on the ground and make a a, a ref smile during his little you know hissy fit, man, I'm all for it, dude. All for it. Temper tantrum, hissy fit. What about the uh, Chiefs Bucks game, man? All right, bro. We got to talk about that, but. First, let's watch this, and we'll jump over. So this, you sent me, it's a, does the NFL need helmet cams? Oh, yeah. It's pretty sweet, dude. It feels like a video game, Check man. Check this out. So this is a right? A high school team that put helmet cams in. Pretty cool, man. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've looked up to see if it's something they're all doing or it's just one. Right. Well. One player. I, I, I think I it's the future, it bro. Like, I don't know how everybody it has feels to be, man. about, you know, that type of thing, but. In the, I mean, in the end, I want to see this angle, dude. This is a high school team, and I feel like uh, I feel like I'm there. You know what I mean? It and by putting a camera in the the helmet too, you could have a sensor. So if your ever head ever got hit hard enough, yeah, you would know. Right. Instead of just kind of being like, oh yeah, I didn't get hit. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. 
Oh, speaking of that. I love it. It's it's great. I think anybody who isn't watching and you're hearing about a helmet cam, take some time to look it up because it is, to me, it kind of feels like when poker did the, the, the pocket cam. So you could actually start seeing what the people had. It went from being kind of like people were like, ah, they're playing poker on TV, but nobody knows anything to everybody got into the game. Right. That makes me feel like I'm in the game. Imagine, imagine if they had helmet cams for the entire offensive line and defensive line. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you get to pick your team with the, all the cameras right up there so you can see the offensive line looking at the defense, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you have your running back, quarterback, and wide receivers, just like a game film, right? Mm-hmm. And you have them all pulled up there. And that way there's like, oh, this player didn't do anything. Well, I want to go see his camera. Oh, why shit, why didn't he do that? Accountability. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, to me, like, I would love to be able to have that opportunity because I want to see – what the quarterback's looking at before he makes a pass. I want to see the running back look at the open space that he's about to run down. You know, right. like I want to see all of this. And this cam has really kind of uh, opened up the uh, the floodgates as far as what the possibilities are. I agree, man. So that's the future. Let's talk about the now. It's Patrick Mahomes' world, and we're all just living in it, bro. So what does he do here? He yeah. breaks that tackle, right? Yeah. Faces everybody this down. Spin move. Up to the line of scrimmage, drop it off. Touch the flick pass, man. I love it, dude. The flick pass. If you guys are unfamiliar with Patrick Mahomes, in the United States of America, we call him God. <laughs> I mean, like, I I haven't seen this like flick pass in professional football in a long time. I know, but it's just not like this, too, dude. It's like like the way he throws it. It it again. We're talking about Australian football. It reminds me. Of the AFL, the way that look at it, it comes out of his hand so quickly, it's like yeah, it's a little bit more yeah, it's not it, exactly it's not like a, a traditional football play. It's not a traditional football flick, right? Or American football, let's say yeah, American football. I mean, you could even say more. It's a more rugby, if anything. You know, yeah, anyways, you really, I, I'm really impressed with yeah. Like I'm learning Australian football. You you have to like pop it out of his hand. He couldn't just like throw it, but still, like the moves he made. The creation, the innovation. I mean, if you're not watching Mahomes and thinking, damn, dude, he might he has a chance to be the greatest ever. I don't know what you're seeing right now. But pretty fun yeah, stuff, no. dude. Him and Andy Reid, they come up with some incredible stuff. And here we go. Last time, bro. This is it. Gotta love it, man. Some great yeah, shit. So It's great. Yeah, the Chiefs were able to get the win. Fun stuff. Um, you know, Tom Brady obviously not happy about it. Um, we're still yet to hear about the reconciliation between Tom and Giselle. We've been giving them our best advice. Um, it's just, I don't, I'm not sure if it's getting to Tom or not, but that's up in the air. Um, okay, so we've been playing medical doctors a little bit during this whole Tua time. And it looks at this point like we're talking about the neurotrauma consultant who evaluated Tua has been fired. Um, okay. Why? I mean, I get it. Like, that's probably the most they can do. But, like, this guy almost got killed. That's how I look at it. Like, he had, like, Tua, if that hit was even harder, which it could have been, like, it was a hard hit, but I've seen harder, right? Like, this guy should not be fired. He should be fucking arrested. Like, if you're putting people out there with bullshit information you're not actually taking them through the protocols like they need to strip you of your medical license if he even fucking has one right they need to like do anything they can to put hold you accountable and Tua and his family should fucking sue this guy but in the end oh, that's not how it's be. gonna work dude it should they should fucking do this well, right now to if if there is a second concussion that has been found all right then Tua and his family will have every right to go back and sue. And to me, like, that's what I hope he does because you're right. Anybody that makes this type of mistake needs to be looked at, you know, by the board of doctors as straight up as, you know, malpractice, as, as simple as that. You know, like, you, you're you in a game that is about protecting people's brains and concussions. And all of a sudden you fumble this bad. Like, I want to know if there was pressure on the owners 
by the owners to, to put him back in the game, if there was the GM or anybody else involved, you know, pushing this, because I don't think it's just the doctor. I don't think it was, the buck stops there. I think there's more to the story yet again. And I want to know, because to me, it's, it's, it's disgusting how players are getting treated. And then you see this story about JJ Watt, bro. And he's out there playing. They win. But bro, did you, did you read the story? Like, it's insane. His heart went into AFib. They had to use a defibrillator. Um, maybe I'm not saying that right. Here we go. I was just told by somebody leaking some personal information about me. This is JJ Watt's Twitter. And it's going to be reported today. I went to AFib on Wednesday. I had my heart shocked back into rhythm Thursday, and I'm playing today. That's it. D- to me, this is a problem. The team should not let him play. There's a responsibility for player safety that yeah. like they have to start saying like no. Like I get it. Your job is to play football and we're paying you a lot of money, but our job is to make sure that you're not going to hurt yourself. I mean, have you ever heard of anything like this from a player going into AFib and going out there and playing any sport, nonetheless football. American football. No. I mean, stupid. It, it concerns me. And this is, again, why we're talking about the NFL as, as one of those situations where it's it's strange how, um, you know, whether it's um, taking a player and um, taking him and suspending him for eight games for, you know, sexually harassing and touching and groping and all this other stuff that he did uh, with a... Uh, with massage uh, therapists and he continued to do it and they continued to let him do it and they didn't do anything to do um, stop him and then you only give him eight games yeah right yeah like it, it sets a precedent like you can get away with anything in the nfl you know like you know what you put Tua back in the game that's okay you know what's going to happen they'll probably get a draft pick taken away but they got the win no, they should have you know, like they should have serious consequences like you're talking about. Big time fines and draft picks yeah. being stripped. And like I would say this, like an owner doesn't take care of the players and he continues to make bad decisions and he doesn't set the people up in the right positions, he has the right to be able to take the the, the team away from the, yeah. the owner. It's, because these young men and these men are, are with CTE being a real thing, people committing suicide because of it, people having you know, brain trauma and injuries later in life because of it. You, you have to be able to take care of these guys. There needs period. to be a new pro- process and protocol put in place where player safety is taken out of the team's hands and out of the player's hands. And I know that nobody's going to want to give it up, but they need independent people making these decisions who aren't getting pressure from teams so, or the players. In the NFL? In the NFL, specifically. It has because So I, what the NFL, though, is, is with the commissioner is just like with every commissioner – is employed by the owners. Okay. So how do you do you bring in a separate firm? Like how do you my control thing. this? JJ Watt should not be making his own decision about playing. They they should so say it has to have a board of a board of of trustees of a uh, uh, a men that are in the top of their their profession. Right. That Tua are sitting should not down made, and looking at put in the pr- all the position to make his own decision. No. That should have been the second that professionals should have handled that. They should have said and they say, well, okay, we did. And their coach is like, if I let him go out there and play um, with a concussion, I would never be able to forgive myself. Well, why are you firing the consultant? Because he mm-hmm. fucked up. How did he fuck up? Because he let him go out there with a concussion. How did everybody except for the coach <coughs> and the player know that he had a concussion? People watching on TV, people watching in the stadium, the officials, the teammates, right? But somehow... Three people are making decisions. decision. The head coach, the player, and the doctor. And the doctor's lying. And they're saying, well, we trusted the doctor. Well, the doctor's fucking up. Well, what's the consequence of the doctor fucking up, right? Like most times when a doctor yeah. fucks up, it can be life or death. It can be trauma. Yeah. It can be long-term consequences. And so I'm looking at this. I'm saying there needs to be a new process. J.J. Watt shouldn't even be allowed to make that decision for himself. It's fucking irresponsible. And you know what? We're mm. giving These players are getting CTE. Right, and then we're asking them to make a decision, 
they're not really making the best decision, then we're like, well, it was up to them. It was up to them because they were getting pressure. Yeah. You want to talk about the NBA? What happened with Kevin Durant with the Warriors? You know what I mean? Like we saw yep. Joe Lacobe talking about what game he wanted to see Kevin Durant back in the finals. Oh, I'd like to see him back by game four or game five, right? And then guess what? He gets cleared by somebody who's employed by Joe to go out there and tear his fucking Achilles, right? There needs to be somebody outside the players and the ownership who are making these decisions and the independent consultants. But what happens when you do stuff like that? Then you end up with a situation where like Kawhi Leonard, oh my gosh, he's such a bad person because he's trying to protect his body for the future. He gets run out of San Antonio. Like everybody like throws all the shit up. It's just, it's disgusting, bro. Like these players need to be free to make the best decisions. And when they're not capable of it, because it's a head injury or a heart problem, the team says no. And that's one of the things Pat Riley with Chris Bosch, it was like, no, right. You can't go out there yeah. and play at this point. It could kill you. And some people yeah. like Eric Spolstra has, he was on the court when a player died. Like people have seen yeah. that they understand the reality of it. And it's like, yo, competition is not the place to go. If you have heart problems or head problems, that's it. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and, and you see, I mean, uh, you can go down the list of, of, of emotionally disturbed players as well, yeah. you know, with Ron Artest, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, um, players that had horrible issues with drugs and anxiety, <laughs> like Dennis Rodman, like we can go down the list of players that, you know, should have have been in the league while they're utilizing the things that they were um, super dangerous. And that's why we consistently look at this and say, they're, like, like you just said, there needs to be more of a governing um, medical governing um, situation where they're not there for the owners. You know, they're not there for the NBA and making sure that these stars play. They're there for the players. And we've seen a lot of it where it's like, this player has torn his ACL or has torn his meniscus and is getting a second opinion. There should be an automatic in-step process where you first go see, you know, your second opinion, which is your doctor. And then you go see the team doctor with your information that your doctor just told you. Because if you can find a doctor that will contradict another doctor, especially about a recovery process, I won't. I mean, I haven't seen one. It happens. You know, like it happens. And, I mean, once in a while, you have to be like, like are, well, the players are. He traitor. said. He said five weeks. Right. Yeah. I mean, they do. The teams will like throw yeah, a player under the exactly. bus for getting an outside consultant who disagrees with their person, whose only incentive is to you know reinforce the team. So it's it's bullshit, and and we need to support the players when they when they make the right decisions, and we need to call out organizations when they put players in bad positions. I mean that. That's the truth, bro. Let's talk a bit about Otani. Um, the other day, bro, he got a Shohei. Hell, yeah, Shohei. He got a big time, big time start. Went out there, uh, no hitter, through the into the eighth inning against Athletics, yeah, man. bro. That that's that's impressive. You gotta you gotta tip your cap every time he's out there doing that. But then they come out and they say, all right, now we're gonna re up his contract, thirty million dollar, one year deal arbitration deal is that uh, that's what the final right 30 million that's it's 30 million man it's insane it's record and kind of give you an idea i think judge signed a 19 million dollar one this last year yeah so my question to you is are the angels handing a 11 million slash let's just say the arbitration came back at 25 million which i probably think it would have do you think that $25 million, is it worth giving Shohei a $5 million check to say, we want you back? Or is this their way of saying, we're going to trade you? Thank you for your time. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know either. From, I'm, I'm struggling from with this. $30 million is so much money. It seems like a huge bonus for something in the, you know? Yeah, but like, how much do you think he sells in merchandise? How much, like... It, value does he sell in tickets like he's got to be worth more than 30 million oh no doubt right 100%. so just like keep him right you keep him because of the international market that you know you're exposed to plus the fact that he's like the best player in baseball like i mean 
I there's that's arguable and all that, but in the end, like we one thing is for sure is we've never seen anybody like him, right? No. And like, but whatever. It's the angels. I don't fucking pretend like I know what they're thinking, but I do know what this um, weatherman is thinking about right now. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's a map of a hurricane, and it looks like a ball sack and a limp dick. But he's having fun. Man, he's talking about dying. Like, if you're in here, you're gonna die. Everybody's gonna die. Your kids are gonna die. Like, Is that why he's so pumped up and bro. smiling so much? Yeah, man. And then if you see the small diagram that's like the on the bottom screen of your right screen yeah. in a second here. Yeah. And it has like in blue and then it has the like the dickhead yellow and starred. I think it was the dickhead it was yellow. I don't remember what colors it were. It was. Yeah, dude. Um but looks like the dick's working. That's what the oh, yeah. diagram is for. There you it go. looks like the urination. I see right you there. You see it? There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Get that star there. Yeah. Well. Definite, definite dick in Florida there. For sure, bro. Oh, man. So. But our, our thoughts are with all the people that have been affected with the hurricane as well. You know, Mark and I have been, you know, talked about um, the effects that uh, Hurricane Marie had on his, uh, his family and, and my parents and my brother John as well. Um so, you know, we don't take that stuff lightly. We just think it's funny when we get to see a penis for free um, on Fox News. Yeah, man. No doubt about that, man. Um, <laughs> can never complain about a free penis. <laughs> Until you can. <laughs> so, let's see, dude. We got We got some NCAA football to talk. Um, All right, we we love upsets. We say this, except for the last two weeks, the upsets of the week are us. So, fuck that. OU loses the TCU, um, and it wasn't just loses, bro. Yeah, I mean, we were Dude. dominated, bro. So it's embarrassing. But look, nobody's gonna pretend like OU is gonna be rebuilt in a day. If, if we understand. We need an elite defense from Coach Venerables, and I'm looking at that, and that's not his defense out there. You look at Clemson, they don't mm. look the same. He's got time. We got to be patient with him, but that's what's up. OU loses to TCU. The other upset of the day, Ole Miss and Kentucky. I'll let you jump on that one, dude. Yeah, man, we just called that one. We, that wasn't a big surprise to us at all, really. We saw Ole Miss doing some good things, and – What's happening there with Ole Miss is pretty exciting. And in Kentucky, you know, they're they're a defensive-minded team, and I just felt like the offense of Ole Miss was going to take over, which they did. So good job by Ole Miss. Uh, you got Alabama um, and Arkansas. Alabama really manhandled Arkansas, um, and they also jumped Georgia in the process uh, in the rankings. So good for Alabama. Um, just a side note. If you guys want to have some fun, check out Mike Leach's advice, marriage advice for, uh, I forget who the reporter is, bro. That shit is fire. Oh, dude, they do, first of all, look at um, Mike and her do a lot of, I mean, instant classic uh, interviews. So when you see it, just go to her page Yeah. and like scroll down through the interviews that she's given Mike. It, like spectacular interviews, just asking him off the wall questions and Alyssa Lang, I you think know, is Mike... her name. And yeah, she asked him like, "You got any marriage advice?" He's like, "Well, first thing is I'd keep it on the down low, but obviously you didn't do that." And he's like, <laughs> "Second thing is I'd elope absolutely, and unless your your future husband is an absolute <laughs> idiot, he's on my side too." Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's a it's a great. He's like, I always tell my kids. I would give him a ten thousand dollar check yeah. if they decided to elope. None of them have done it yet, but I keep on hoping. <laughs> Great shit, dude. So, Wake Forest, Florida State, bro. Wake Forest got the win. That makes us happy for some reason. And Clemson, North Carolina State, dude. Wishing Clemson lost there, but I don't give a fuck, dude. I mean, in the end, once OU loses, it's just kind of like, why? Why am I cheering for like other? teams in front of OU to, to lose like it, it's a long way back to relevance once you lose a couple games in a row like that to unranked opponents like we just did so um 
let's see. We got. We have a very, 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 very small consolation prize in that we get to see Caleb Williams at USC getting some water sprayed on him by good old number four from Arizona State. I guess he was over on their sideline saying some shit he shouldn't have been saying. And it looks like he's getting peed on the face by number four's Gatorade bottle. Pretty dope, dude. It's... It's brilliant, man. If this guy was like seven foot six, it would look like he's actually pissing on it. It would have been great. It's a great, it's a solid stream. I'll say that. (laughs) It's the type of stream that you're standing next to in a piss line and you're like, God damn, I'm going to sound like a little kid. You think he would have got a um, a flag if uh, the ref was facing the other way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was no doubt. All right. 100%. He's probably crying about it, too. Looks like he missed his face. Looks like he um, he got him in the helmet. I don't know, man. It's all about the angle, it right? It is. You know, what happens next? That's a still picture, so we really don't know. But I dig it, bro. That <laughs> That's nothing, dude. It doesn't matter. That's the smallest little thing, but whatever. It makes me feel a little bit better because fuck Caleb Williams, dude. Man, it would be nice to have a Caleb Williams out there, but what is going on with Gabriel? Man, we're talking about all these head injuries and all this stuff, dude. I sure hope he's okay because that dude got he got lit up, dude, and it was it, it was scary. It's man, I mean that's the thing, you know. We've talked about it with sports, man. Like certain sports protect their their players better and their heads. The kid, the players better with their heads, and it's unfortunate. Some people are just naturally drawn to getting concussions. And other people are actually kind of good about not getting concussions and go entire career without getting one. Um, it's just a luck of a draw. So, but once you get your first one, man, it's it's really easy to keep on getting them. And I think that's what was really surprising about Tua, man, is that if you take care of it and nurse it back to health, yes, he probably would have had to take a couple of weeks off, man. But if he had done that, guess what? He would have been able to bounce back quicker. Now it's going to take longer for him to bounce back and. Man, concussions are funky. Sometimes, like even now, like I'll, I'll have a lingering issue with concussion, and it's just like, what's going on? Like, why is you know? And it's from what my doctors exp- you know, explained after so many concussions, sometimes things are just foggy. <laughs> yeah, you know. And I've had I've had double digits. I've had 10, 10, 11, whatever it's been. It's been double digits, and it's not fun. And it's one of those things where, you know, yeah. I'm just coherent about it, and that's that. Yeah, dude. And it's not the weed, guys. That's not why my um, brain is fuzzy. Dude, that's that's why I, I get spaced out like a motherfucker. <laughs> dude, for sure, put the pipe down. That's what that's what I always feel like I got to do if I ever want to start thinking sharp again. But I um I do better when I'm not. So we'll keep on rolling, bro. Um, look, man, we we talked about a lot of shit. We talked about it pretty much everything that I have written down to talk about. Um, man. Can you think of anything that I missed right now? I mean, are we we got it all? Well, I mean, you always have like what's happening in the world. But all right. So what's the shrooms, reality is, shrooms man. and henny? What? What's going on? Yeah, dude. All right. Click on this, man. This is crazy. I mean, this I've is... seen some rappers in some crazy mix of like stuff on Twitter where like rappers are taking this and doing this, but when I saw this, I was like, what is this? Like, I've never seen this, man. All right. Henny, you got a blunt there, yeah. right? Obviously a blunt. You got Henny. You got shrooms. And then you got, like, Camille, like, tea. All right. Am I missing? We are not endorsing or condoning anybody's choices. We're simply saying it's important to be aware of what's happening out there. That like, way you can is be this something? to stop it. I, I want to know. Guys, if you're if you're an expert in this and and henny and shrimps, is this for real? Like, is this like Dude, something that people are doing? Yeah, it's for because real. if it is, then I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to condone it or partake in it. I just want to know, like, what the fuck? Like, is this is this legit now? It is, because you know what we saw on Twitter. Okay, <laughs> duh. <laughs> Jesus, it doesn't even matter if it's real or not. People are gonna do it. People are going to do it, and because of that, it is real. And um, 
I don't know, man. I don't know if any. Oh, man. Go ahead, dude. Go ahead. No, yeah, yeah. I was going to say is that uh, I was reading this article and it's just below it. Um, it's not really something you can click on because it's not going to show anything. It's just an article. But the article is talking about uh, CJ Moore and taking the rookies to clubs, you know? Yeah. You ever see, you hear that article? No, it's dude. Tell me Chicago Bore, um, Bears, and he's he's uh, uh, playing with the Chicago Bears, and he essentially is just like, I want to get all the rookies to the strip club. So he takes this rookie, and we'll just call it an unnamed rookie, with him, and he takes him to this strip club, and this dancer comes up and asks this guy if he wants to dance, and the rookie's all excited and goes back into the back and uh, gets, you know, what CJ said was like, a long period of time and he finally comes back out with his big old smile on his face and CJ's like, I'm just gonna fuck with him. He's like, Bro, you didn't fuck her, did you? And he's like, blah, blah, blah. and he's like, Did you fuck her? And he's like, Oh man, these strippers, man, they got diseases and STDs and shit like that. And he's like, he thought like this kid would be like, uh ha 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 funny, you know, but this kid like took it fucking serious and made him drive to the hospital and get tested for every STD possible <laughs> instantaneously. And more is like, that's it. I'm done doing this. <laughs> no more fun. Picking no on more the fun. Brickies, dude. <laughs> oh, you didn't tap that. Did you? Oh, no, you're good, man. You're good. Whoa, what? You're good. You're good. You're, good. <laughs> you're for sure. Good. Oh my God, dude. Well, that's it, bro. That's it. And, that's it. We got we got more coming on Wednesday. That's for sure. We're looking forward to the Thunder game. We're looking forward to Aaron Judge hitting number 62. He's got some work to do to get back in that triple crown spot. But in the end, this is a historic run, and we're enjoying every single minute of it. I enjoy getting my kids Absolutely. in front of his at-bats and you know just watching what's happening, dude. So hopefully 62 happens while we're in New York. That's going to be great, dude. So we're cheering for it. The whole world is. Everybody stops and stares whenever it's his moment. And that's because they just want to know where they were when they saw 62. So we're pumped up. Couldn't be any more pumped up. And we'll be back on Wednesday. So thank you for joining us, and we will see you then.